0: folate, vitamin B12, biotin, choline, iodine, iron, calcium. My personal favorite prenatal is... Welcome to Growing Intuitive Eaters. My name is Dr. Taylor Arnold. I'm a pediatric registered dietitian, nutrition PhD, and mom to two. And I'm on a mission to share free and accurate content with parents so you can help your kids eat more veggies, not obsess over sweets, and have a healthy relationship with food, even if this is a work in progress for you. On this podcast, we'll chat practical tips for feeding kids, parenting, and the science behind it all. Picking a prenatal. So first, I want to point out that I have zero sponsors for this video. I am including a link to the supplements that I discussed below, but I get zero commission from them. This is not a part of a paid course, and I'm not seeking any pregnant clients to, or for nutrition counseling. So I don't have any conflicts of interest other than An interest in providing free education by growing my social media channels so that's my first disclaimer second disclaimer is make sure you talk to your personal medical provider if you have any medical questions the things i'm going to mention in this video are topics that i think about when i'm picking a prenatal for myself or my family members or my friends or my clients but there are certainly things that may need to be customized based on your personal medical history your diet variety or any lab work that's relevant to your nutritional status. So finding yourself a wonderful dietitian that specializes in pregnancy or preconception or chatting with your OB about your supplement questions is going to be super important. Um, So how do I pick a prenatal? So the nutrients that I especially focus on in pregnancy are folate, vitamin B12, biotin, choline, iodine, iron, calcium, and as an added bonus, DHA, and I'll talk about why I say added bonus here. So I generally expect to have to ensure dietary adequacy means get enough, meaning get enough through the diet for or take a separate supplement for iron, calcium, and DHA, because most or almost all prenatals don't have your full daily value of those three nutrients in them all at the same time. So before we jump into the description of each of the nutrients, I generally expect to have to ensure dietary adequacy, or meaning eat enough of it through the diet, for the nutrients iron, calcium, and DHA, because most prenatals don't have your full daily value of all three of these things. And the reason for iron and calcium is super interesting. Iron is a really tough mineral to get into a complete supplement due to difficulties with formulation and it also contradicts the absorption of other divalent minerals like zinc and calcium because these three minerals use the same transporter in the intestinal tract. So if we have a ton of iron, the absorption of zinc and calcium is decreased. This is the same with calcium. If We have a lot of calcium, the absorption of iron and zinc is decreased. So these minerals are tough to get into supplements in high amounts without compromise the efficacy of the supplements because you don't want to have decreased absorption of the other nutrients. So just kind of keep that in mind. That's like my caveat here before we go into the discussion of all of the nutrients that I focus on in a prenatal. Okay, so let's start talking about folate. Folate is super important for DNA and RNA synthesis, which is our genetic material, and that's crucial for a developing fetus. And it's also really important because adequate folate during pregnancy helps to reduce the risk of neural tube defects like spina bifida. So I'll note here that the vast, vast majority of this research is done using folic acid rather than other forms of folate. So this is why grains like flowers and cereals are fortified with folic acid. This was a public health measure that was implemented on a population level because neural tube defects used to be way more common than they are today. And the inclusion of adequate folate in a pregnant person's diet made such a huge difference in the risk reduction for a fetus developing these neural tube defects. However, recently there's been a debate in the scientific and medical communities over whether folic acid or folate in the form of methyl tetrahydrofolate or methylated folate is a better choice. So this debate is largely due to the prevalence of the MTHFR gene mutation, so yes, you totally heard that right. Um, when we consume folic acid, we need to use the MTHFR enzyme to convert it to usable folate, but there, if there's a genetic defect in this enzyme, we're not able to convert folic acid to methylated folate or usable folate so easily. So I want to note here that if you do have a genetic mutation in the MTH of our gene, Most often, this is just a reduction of function in the enzyme. So that means that your enzyme isn't like completely turned off. Usually it's more just reduced or works less well than somebody who doesn't have a genetic mutation. So this means that you, it's not like you can't process any folic acid into usable folate, you're just not as good as it at doing so compared to somebody who doesn't have a genetic mutation in this enzyme. So because the MTHFR gene mutation is so common, it's thought that methylated folate might be a better choice for prenatal supplements. However, In an article published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the US Preventative Services Task Force, which is an independent panel of experts, recommended that pregnant people supplement with 400 to 800 micrograms of folic acid per day because no other form of folate including methylated folate has been explicitly proven to reduce the risk of neural tube malformations. So the theory is definitely there for methylated folate being useful for for reducing the risk of uh, neural tube defects, but it just hasn't been proven in the scientific literature. Now, because of all this info, I prefer a prenatal supplement with a blend of both folic acid and methylated folate, with the folic acid being at least 400 micrograms and the additional folate being methylated folate. So beware that not having folic acid in a prenatal is very trendy and you're not bad and your supplement is not a bad choice if it has folic acid instead of methylated folate. Now, folic acid is a very well-supported ingredient in prenatal supplements, so just keep that in mind. Now let's talk about B12 really quickly. So B12 is also important for neural tube defect risk reduction, but every prenatal I've ever seen has it, so it's not usually something that I overanalyze. It is, however, especially important for all of you vegans out there. Now, moving on to biotin. So biotin is a B vitamin, it's an important enzyme cofactor in the body, which means it's essential for a large number of chemical reactions, including processing other vitamins and minerals, producing energy, and it's also really important for gene expression. So biotin is especially important in pregnancy because some recent research suggests that a big number of people may be deficient during pregnancy. One paper that I looked at suggested that 50% of pregnant people show markers of decreased biotin function in urine during pregnancy, particularly during the first trimester. And other research suggests that even a mild biotin deficiency may be associated with cognitive congenital anomalies or disabilities from birth like cleft palate or limb hypoplasia, which is smaller absent limbs, and this is observed in animal models. Now, much of the research on birth defects has historically been focused on folate, but when we look at the metabolism of B vitamins, they are so incredibly intertwined. So more focus is now being put on other B vitamins like biotin. Now, the adequate intake for biotin is 30 micrograms per day for a pregnant person. So one study looked at a metabolic byproduct of biotin deficiency in the urine and saw that it was decreased with biotin supplementation of 300 micrograms. So this is the same amount of biotin in one of the prenatal supplements that I'm gonna talk about at the end of this video. And I suspect this study is one of the reasons why this prenatal had this amount of biotin in it, which is super cool to connect a scientific paper and a product you see on the shelf. Now, because the majority of your body's major structures are formed, although not fully, in the first few weeks of pregnancy, it's really important to ensure adequate biotin consumption if you're pregnant, if you're trying to conceive, if you're not sure if you're pregnant, or pretty much if you're sexually active with someone who has the parts to get you pregnant and you're not using any contraceptives. So as a PS here, some people also say that biotin is helpful for strengthening hair and nails, but this hasn't been conclusively supported by the scientific literature. So if you're using that during pregnancy for hair and skin nail growth, it's up for debate if that actually works. So in a prenatal, I look for biotin, at least 30 micrograms, but 300 micrograms is fabulous. Moving on to choline. So, choline is not technically a vitamin, but it acts like one in that it's involved in fat metabolism, energy production, and other important reactions in the body. We can't make enough of our own choline, so we do need to get it from food. Now, eggs are an especially good source, but other good sources of choline include beef liver, which is a great source of a lot of vitamins and minerals, beef, toasted wheat germ, scallions, salmon, chicken breast, Brussels sprouts, and broccoli. So right now, the research isn't 100% rock solid on adequate choline contributing to neural tube defects. However, there are several published studies where authors have found associations between choline intake and serum choline with neural tube defects. Keep in mind that in some of these studies, they have low effect sizes and and there's also some recent research that didn't find an association between serum choline and the risk for neural tube defects. So this is why I say the research isn't 100% rock solid. Some studies have found a link and some studies haven't. So as far as safety of choline supplementation, the upper limit, which is a threshold for toxicity set by the Institute of Medicine for adults is 3,500 milligrams per day. So prenatal vitamins containing choline They haven't come close to this, at least from the ones that I've seen, and I've looked at a lot of prenatals. So the low doses in prenatal supplements of choline appear to be safe according to the research and to the Institute of Medicine. So the takeaway here, the research is not 100% conclusive, but the risk is big when it comes to neural tube defects in your baby. So I personally look for a prenatal vitamin that contains choline when I'm pregnant or breastfeeding, or if I'm recommending it to a friend or family member. and. To be honest, this really limits the playing field a lot when you're looking for a prenatal. So if you can't find a prenatal that contains choline, that's okay, you can meet the adequate intake level of 450 milligrams of choline per day with a diet, through the diet using three eggs, which provide an awesome source of protein during pregnancy as well. So there's not much, if any, choline in an egg white. So if three eggs is a lot like volume wise for you, then ditch one to two of the egg whites and just make sure you focus on the egg yolk. The adequate intake for breastfeeding for choline is 550 milligrams per day. So you will need to up it a little bit more when you're breastfeeding than during pregnancy. I'd like to see a prenatal with 450 milligrams per day of choline, but I have yet to find one that also meets the other criteria and this choline criteria. So in a prenatal, I look for choline, the more the better, up to 450 milligrams per day iodine. Let's talk about iodine. So iodine is a mineral that's super important for thyroid hormone metabolism. The thyroid is important for many body processes, including growth, gene expression, and the development of the nervous system during pregnancy. Now, iodine is a pretty standard nutrient in almost all prenatal vitamins because the severe consequences of iodine deficiency in pregnancy are super well documented. So every prenatal that I've ever seen does contain iodine. Those at an especially high risk for iodine deficiency are pregnant people, vegans, especially vegans who don't eat seaweed or who don't eat any processed food and who don't use iodized salt in their cooking at home. Other at-risk populations include those living with food insecurity or without access to adequate sources of food. So to be honest, I don't really do anything more than making sure iodine is in the prenatal and to make sure that it meets 100% of the daily value for pregnant and lactating women. Beyond that, I focus on other nutrients more when I'm thinking about a prenatal. And one of those other nutrients is iron. So iron deficiency is the most common nutrient deficiency in the world. It's important for heme synthesis, which is the protein in red blood cells that transport oxygen to your tissues. Your iron needs increase during pregnancy in the second and third trimesters, predominantly due to an increased blood volume. Many prenatals have iron in them, but not all of them do. So in particular, ones that often don't have iron are chewable, gummy, and liquid vitamin forms. And while it's certainly possible to get adequate iron from food, women who are at risk for iron deficiency due to medical medical conditions, those who have a history of iron deficiency anemia vegetarian or vegan pregnant people, or those with a really limited diet may especially want to select a supplement that does have iron in it. I personally loved eating red meat while I was pregnant. Um, It was one of my cravings. So this wasn't something I was super concerned about because I definitely got my daily intake of iron through food. Now in the US, regular labs during pregnancy include screening for iron deficiency anemia. But if you know you're at risk, being proactive about dietary iron or and or supplementing can help prevent iron deficiency anemia. Now the recommended dietary allowance for iron during pregnancy is 27 milligrams per day compared to 18 milligrams per day for females ages 19 to 50. So it does increase a lot during pregnancy. So in a prenatal, I look for at least 27 milligrams per day of iron time for calcium. So the recommended dietary allowance of calcium for pregnant people ages 19 through 50 is 1000 milligrams per day. So your needs are increased during pregnancy because calcium is needed for the bone formation of the fetus. And this is super cool. So the calcium absorption of the fetus increases to 350 milligrams per day during during the third trimester, which is a lot. I thought that was a really interesting fact. So we also see an increase in maternal bone turnover for pregnancy. So in order to support and maintain maternal bone health during pregnancy, adequate calcium is important. But what's super cool is that our ability to increase calcium during pregnancy also increases because we absorb calcium better during pregnancy in the gut. However, inadequate calcium during pregnancy is associated with a number of things, including a higher risk for preeclampsia and secondary hyperparathyroidism, which can also lead to high blood pressure. Now, the caveat here is similar to iron. Calcium is a difficult mineral to add to multivitamin supplements in large amounts, and it can also affect the absorption of other minerals. So in a prenatal, I look for calcium to be in the prenatal, but I typically don't see doses above 200 milligrams. If calcium is in the prenatal between 100 to 200 milligrams, then I'm happy, and I either make sure that I get adequate dietary calcium or I supplement calcium separately. And when I supplemented calcium separately, I take it separately from the prenatal so it doesn't inhibit the iron or zinc absorption in the prenatal. I also tried not to take the calcium supplement with a high iron meal, so snack time can be a great option to take your calcium supplement with if you're choosing to take a calcium supplement. Oftentimes, I have recommended that clients take 1,000 milligrams per day of calcium, but this is not always necessary if dietary intake of calcium is adequate. So that's why it's it's really important to talk to your dietitian or doctor about if a calcium supplement would be right for you. Next we're going to talk about vitamin D. So while this is an important nutrient in pregnancy, my opinions on this are almost always individualized based on lab work. My opinions on supplements anyways. So during each of my pregnancies, I have requested my OB physician to add on a vitamin D level to my blood draw. And this is really good practice to add vitamin D levels to your early blood work for most adults anyways. And then I have supplemented according to my results of that vitamin D blood level. So this topic could be a whole separate video, so I won't really go into that much here, but if you have any questions about vitamin D supplementation, bring them up with your dietitian or your doctor. Now DHA, so DHA is not in many prenatal supplements, but it's a useful thing to add to your supplement routine if you don't eat any fish or any sources of omega-3s. So my husband hates fish, so I never eat fish at home unless we're eating out because he does all the cooking. So because of this, I did take fish oil during both of my pregnancies. The adequate intake of omega-3 fatty acids during pregnancy is 1.4 grams per day. And while there's no official adequate intake for DHA, which is a type of omega-3 during pregnancy, the most up-to-date scientific literature suggests an intake of at least 200 milligrams per day of DHA. So I usually look for a supplement that meets these criteria. A fish oil supplement that has one gram per day of fish oil, with at least 200 milligrams of that fish oil coming from DHA. So that should be clearly labeled on the bottle. And I also include things like hemp hearts, chia seeds, and flax seeds in my diet because those are awesome for a number of reasons. But keep in mind that fish oil can have some side effects and interactions with medications. So if you're pregnant and you're interested in a fish oil supplement, make sure to talk with your dietitian or doctor before starting it because this not, might not be the right thing for you. So those are all the nutrients, and now we're going to talk real quick about how to pick a good quality supplement, because I'm sure you've heard that supplements aren't regulated by the FDA, but that doesn't mean that all supplements are bad. So to pick a good quality supplement, you want to look for one that is third-party tested from places like USP, which stands for US Pharmacopeia, or CL, which stands for Consumer Labs, or NSF and look for one that is from a trusted brand that has quality control, clear labeling, ethical marketing, minimal additives, and transparent manufacturing practices, which you can usually find by looking on their website. My personal favorite prenatal is Pure Encapsulation's Prenatal Nutrients, but it is pricey. On Amazon, it's $45 for a two-month supply, and you have to take two pills per day. So if you struggle with taking big pills or don't wanna take more than one pill, this might not be for you. But the label on this supplement is very transparent and clear that it has 400 micrograms of folic acid and 600 micrograms of methylated folate. So that's one of the main reasons why I love this supplement. If you prefer only methylated folate in your prenatals, then Thorne Research Basic Prenatal is also a great choice but it doesn't have any choline, which like I've said, it's really hard to find a prenatal with that in the supplement. So you'll need to meet that through food. So I have both of these supplement labels up, the Pure Encapsulations Prenatal Nutrients and the Thorne Basic Prenatal. And I'm just gonna kind of walk through and I'm looking at the label, what I think when I look at the label. So. My eye goes to vitamin D for the prenatal nutrients. It has 600 IUs, which is a great dose of vitamin D, although some people may need more during pregnancy based on their labs, and your dietitian and doctor can help you with that. The folate is in the form of both methylated folate and folic acid. It's a blend. I really like that. I also like that even though it's a blend, it specifies how much comes from methylated folate and how much comes from folic acid. Some formulations or companies will just say that it's like a proprietary blend, which means it's a secret and they're not telling you exactly how much comes from which. So I really appreciate the transparency on this prenatal nutrient. The biotin has 300 micrograms, like I talked about from that study that looked at the reduction in markers of Biotin deficiency in pregnant people's urine with a supplementation of 300 micrograms of biotin. So I love that amount of biotin. Um, There is calcium, it's 200 milligrams. So I like there's calcium. not fabulous but i have yet to find a prenatal that has that 1000 milligrams of calcium in it because of absorption issues that it would cause with iron which is more common to have an iron deficiency so that's why iron is usually prioritized in a prenatal Um, i see choline in there so 100 milligrams i'm happy it has choline it doesn't have enough choline where you still wouldn't need to get some from the diet but there's still some in there so that's great um We have iron in 27 milligrams. So there's adequate iron for a pregnant person. It meets 100% of their daily value, which is what I look for when it comes to iron. And then there's other minerals and vitamins in this prenatal as well, including iodine, which meets 100% of the needs. So this is the reason why this is my favorite prenatal. Again, it's pricey and there are other good prenatals out there on the market. So if this is not something that you can afford, it doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job or that you're not taking a good prenatal. This just happens to be the one that i found that is most complete based on the qualifications that I've developed when I look at the literature for prenatal nutrition and prenatal vitamins. Now the Thorne Research Basics prenatal, this is the one that only has methylated folate. So if you're one who doesn't want any folic acid in your prenatal, then this is my favorite recommendation for that. Um, So looking here, it does all of the folate comes from methylated folate. So that's the first thing that I notice on the label. I also see biotin in there, so it has 50 micrograms, which is good, but it's not as much as the biotin in the pure encapsulations, but it still meets a pregnant person's daily needs, so I'm still happy with that. Um, We also have calcium, 180 milligrams, very close to the pure encapsulations one, so not really that much different. It's only 20 milligrams different. Iron contains 45 milligrams, so more iron in the thorn basics prenatal than in the pure encapsulation. So if you're one for whom iron is a worry for or your labs have shown that iron is low, you may want to talk to your doctor about a supplement that has higher amounts of iron like this thorn prenatal. Um, what else do I notice on the label? So I also noticed that there's no choline. So that's one of the main reasons why I like the Pure Encapsulations one is both the combination of the choline, the biotin, and the folate. However, the Thorne Basics is a great option. Other great brands that I typically recommend for supplements just in general are Kirkland brand and Nature Made because those often go through third-party testing. So that's what I think about when I pick a prenatal. Now remember, I'm not your dietitian. I am a dietitian on YouTube. And on a podcast, if you have specific questions or concerns about your prenatal nutrition, make sure you chat with your dietitian or your OB. Hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you learned something. Make sure to comment, subscribe, and follow along for more information on how to grow happy and healthy eaters. Thanks for joining me and happy feeding. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the content and want to hear more like it, please subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram and YouTube at Growing Intuitive Eaters for more free courses and content related to healthy relationships with food, picky eating and all things nutrition for kids. Happy feeding!